I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 48, almost to 50. That's pretty good. In studio today, I am joined by Dave Cawley. You know his name, of course, here on the KSL Airwaves. You've heard him for years as well. You know him as the host of the Cold Podcast that has, uh, for some long time now, been covering uh, and rehashing and sharing with you some details you never before knew about the unfortunate, tragic, heartbreaking, and, if I'm honest, fascinating story of Susan Powell and her husband, Josh Powell, and their children uh, who lost their lives at the hands of Josh Powell. In fact, that act is uh, the central piece of information at the center of a lawsuit brought uh, against the state of Washington uh, by the grandparents of those young children. Dave's been covering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the latest, sir? Well, the last time you and I talked, Lee, I was up in the courtroom uh, in Tacoma as uh, opening arguments were playing out. Now, in the last couple of days, the the plaintiffs in this case, Susan Powell's parents, Chuck and Judy Cox, uh, their attorneys have moved past opening arguments. They're now questioning witnesses. And what we're hearing uh, to, to begin with are actually a lot of expert witnesses. So these are people who have been called in uh, to talk about not necessarily their firsthand experience with the case. Uh, they'll get to that later. Uh, but instead, they're kind of talking about some of the, what are, like, what are the standards, right? So in this case, you had Susan Powell's kids, uh, Charlie and Braden, who were taken into protective custody in the state of Washington. And they were legally in protective custody of the state of Washington when they were killed by Josh Powell. Uh, the the Question. The, vi- the visit was supposed to be supervised. The Correct. condition of the visit was that it was to be supervised. Custody would remain with the state of Washington. Right. And so the, the kids have been placed with, uh, with the Coxes, uh, but Josh, as a, as a parent, has a right to have these supervised visits. And uh, while on one of those visits, of course, he, he kills himself, he kills the boys. Uh, the, the parents, Susan Powell's parents, have claimed the state social workers who were managing this were basically negligent, that that visitation should not have been allowed to take place at a house that Josh controlled. Um, and that uh, there were clear indicators that he he was a risk to the children. The state, on the other side, is arguing that you know the social workers were working with a limited set of information. Uh, the you know state of Utah, the case here was under a secrecy order. Uh, there was no uh, real uh, history of of you know calls for service uh, on claims of actual negligence or physical abuse of the children. And and so it really kind of cuts to this question of like, can they make these decisions based on um, a gut? feeling, right? You you look at Josh and you you look at the totality of those circumstances and you think, mm, this is this is not great. But we live in a country of law. You can't right. just take people's children away because you don't feel good about it. Um, and where's the liability there? Are these expert witnesses, are they aiding in the litigation of that exact question? Uh, who, who, I mean, obviously the case is about who's responsible, but are they breaking down uh, like statute and how the – what are the experts presenting? Yeah, so to give you an idea, um, <laughs> the other day in court we heard from a woman named Jane Raymond, and she actually worked for the agency there in Washington for uh, many years uh, and – she talked about the standard of care. That's why she was called in to testify. But to, to give you an idea of what it's like sitting in that courtroom, uh, the state attorneys asked her to literally read the manual that is prepared for social workers uh, 
on these issues. And so for you know, long periods of time, she is she's reading a very technical legal definition of, you know, what social workers are expected to do in this or that circumstance. Um, and I have to look at the jury because this is this is actually taking place in front of a jury and and wonder, you know, are these people uh, how into the weeds are they going to get over the course of these several weeks in this trial with a lot of this or how much of their decision is going to be based on on the emotion uh, of of the, you know, the events, the very the very gut wrenching events that right. took place. I want to talk about the makeup of the jury, but first, you shared with me something fascinating last time you and I spoke, and it was what the grandparents, the Coxes, are seeking in mm. terms of damages and the formula that's been created to uh, calculate those damages. Yeah. So what we heard from the attorney representing the Coxes was uh, pretty graphic. Uh, he talked about the the minute by minute of Charlie and Braden's deaths. And, and the question there is... From the moment Josh shut the door on the social worker uh, until their lives came to an end. Right. And, and of course, this is a determination that's based on some, uh, you know, it's some science, but also some guesswork on the part of, of uh, you know, the people who conducted autopsies. But the point is that for pain and suffering, which is one of the things they're arguing, uh, for what they're asking is every minute that each of the children was awake... Uh, conscious after Josh or attacked them before they ultimately died, they want $5 million. And uh, the ballpark that was basically thrown out on that would have put this in the you know 70 to $80 million range. Uh, so it's a very significant uh, amount of money that is being requested. The Coxes are saying, you know, they're not, they're not doing this for a payout. They want basically to uh, have a high judgment so it forces the state of Washington to rethink the way they handle cases with children who are potentially at risk from a parent. If you reverse engineer that number, it means that two, and if the scientists are right, if the coroner's right, if these uh, examinations uh, post-mortem are communicating accurate information, it means those poor boys suffered for some long time. Quite quite a few minutes, yeah, each. And and they're again, uh, you know, witnessing uh, because they were, I want to be careful here. Yeah. Um, they were attacked in a very brutal manner, and uh, it was one by one. Right. And so you can imagine that uh, one of the brothers witnessing what's happening, right. understanding that this is coming uh, for him as well, um, just a very, very, a very hard thing. And Susan's parents actually stood up, and, and, and they walked out of the courtroom as this discussion was taking place. The jurors don't have the option of getting up and walking out. They are learning all this information, uh, hopefully for the first time, as the process dictates, uh, which is hard to imagine. I mean, you've done an incredible job, you know, sharing this information with the world. The Cold Podcast is uh, wildly successful. When I was back in Washington, D.C., folks would know that I was from Utah. They'd bring it up from time Mm. to time. Mm. Uh, So you have uh, you've shared this information with a lot of folks. But there is a, a pool of folks who are new to all this information. They're hearing it for the first time. What can you tell us about the makeup of this jury? It, it fascinated me when I first entered the, the courtroom and saw it's a predominantly male jury. Um, there's a, a mix of, of, of real racial diversity. Um, you only have, I believe, two women uh, in the 12, and then there are a couple alternates. So there's some women among the alternates as well. Um, but you know this is a this is meant to be a jury of peers, and, and I think looking at them, uh, they they all seem to be probably somewhere in the you know thirty to fifty year old age range. 
Um, very representative of, of certainly Josh Powell at, at that point in time. Um, I, I don't know. I wasn't there for jury selection, so I don't know who who was challenged or dismissed uh, during that process. Um, but I did think that for for so few women to be on the jury was an interesting thing because you would imagine um, that for a mother, maybe in particular, some of those kinds of details would have extra punch. Sure. Not to say that fathers, obviously, don't have emotional connection to their children, but uh, but certainly knowing of the disappearance of Susan Powell and then ultimately that this was uh, carried out against her children, I, I can only imagine what a, a, a mother on the, you know, in the jury box would feel. Court case up in Washington right now being played out to determine the culpability for the deaths of two young boys, two young Utah boys, the children of Susan Powell, who has been missing for some time and the mystery of her disappearance is yet to be solved. Dave Cauley, host of the Cold Podcast, is working on solving it. Well, I... <laughs> Don't put that on me, but trying to cover the case as well as sure. as we can. Do our responsibility. I'm grateful to you. Thanks for getting us up to speed. Let me ask you real quickly in yeah. parting. We're already late. Uh, how much longer is this case expected to proceed? Uh, at, at least a couple, if not a few weeks. Uh, we understand Jennifer Graves, Josh's sister, will probably be testifying next week. Very good. Dave Cauley, host of The Cold Podcast. Next up, we're going to be speaking about an award being handed to Senator Orrin Hatch. You remember him? The award deals with religious liberty. We'll break it all down next and tell you he's not the only Utah to have ever received it. That's all next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.